0: Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. I remember reading Barbara Kingsolver's book, The Poisonwood Bible, in high school, in English class. And I remember being enamored by it. You know, that type of giddy excitement that can kind of be hard to tap into when you're not a teenager anymore? Except I hear that excitement in Barbara Kingsolver's voice in today's interview. She's on the pod talking about her novel Demon Copperhead, about opioids in Appalachia. And here and now Scott Tong opens the interview asking about Charles Dickens. And she gets this kind of lilt in her voice, talking about how she's been trying to write the story for a bit, but what finally unlocked it for her was, of all things, Dickens' desk. Barbara Kingsolver has written several acclaimed novels. The Poisonwood Bible comes to mind, also Flight Behavior. Her newest takes inspiration from Charles Dickens in his autobiographical novel from the 19th century, David Copperfield. Kingsolver's title is Demon Copperhead. It's a modern-day story of a boy orphaned at a young age, and he's trying to survive a raging opioid epidemic that affects every aspect of life in the Appalachian Hills of Virginia. And that happens to be where Barbara Kingsolver lives. And she joins us from there. Barbara Kingsolver, great to have you. Thanks for having me. I understand this writing project began at the seaside home of Charles Dickens in England. You were staying there. It's now a guest house. And I take it you heard his voice in a way?
1: I did, but it didn't (laughs) really start there. I had been thinking about this novel for two years And what I really wanted to write about is this place and what the opioid epidemic has done to it, the damage of structural poverty and what it has led to. It's a big subject and it's dark. And I love my readers. I don't want to punish them. So, the doorway mm-hmm. was that house when I sat literally at Charles Dickens's desk. This is what he did, you know, structural poverty, orphans, and I just really felt his anger. Don't give up on this story; you've got to do it. You got to give it a crackerjack plot. You have to have great characters, and you let the child tell the story. I opened my notebook and started writing on his desk. It felt like permission,
0: my goodness. Well, it is told through the voice of this child, and you sneak in all kinds of parallels to David Copperfield. David lives with a nurse named Peggotty, Demon, Ms. Peggett, David falls in love with Dora, Demon with Dory. Coming up with the names, coming up with these nicknames, it must have been fun
1: yeah it was really fun and really hard um, huh. to take sort of the bare tree of this story and put the leaves on it from my own place and time. And what kept smacking me in, across the forehead is how so little has really changed, and it just made me more determined mm. to tell this story.
0: Yeah. And what strikes me reading this about you know this part of Appalachia. And the parallels to what Dickens wrote so much about is this excavation at the flip side of capitalism. Your characters in Southwest Virginia are similarly destroyed by the business model of opioid drugs.
1: Exactly. And before that, tobacco, before that, coal, before that, timber. This region has been treated as an internal colony of the United States for close to two centuries. The problem, though, you know, because of class and because of this condescension towards rural Appalachians is that we get blamed for our fate and we internalize that. You know, the only images we see in mainstream media were the dumb hillbillies or were a poverty documentary. So my project as a writer is, in part, representation to put us on the page As the people we really are, we're not one kind of character. We're whole ecosystems of characters, the good, the bad, the wonderful, the sorry. But most of all, we're just resilient, and I'm really proud of that. And I wanted to get that on the page. And I feel like that's another thing that I took from Dickens. He created these characters who just wouldn't give up.
0: There are moments, there was a key moment where there are two deaths in the same chapter where I just about cried. I mean, this is a place and a set of characters that are long on destruction and short on hope. And yet, the ending has hope, like David Copperfield.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's not just Dickens. That's me. I mean, I, mm. I, I take my readers to some pretty grim places because this is the world yeah. we all live in, and I think it's part of a writer's job, to be honest. But, Another part of a writer's job is to leave the reader feeling like there's a reason to go on.
0: Yeah. I can hear a little bit of the sermonette about how the outside world looks at this part of Appalachia. Uh, This is page 523. Before the Redneck Minor Wars, the coal land grabs, the timber land grabs, whiskey rebellion, an actual war. George Washington marched the U.S. Army on our people for refusing to pay tax on corn liquor. You're kind of speaking for the people of this place.
1: Well, I have to. I mean, we all all speak for ourselves, don't we? It's just people aren't accustomed to hearing what we have to say here. But, you know, I started out wanting to tell the story of these orphans. And the deeper into it I got, the more I realized, this needs to be, as best I can make it, the great Appalachian novel, because we're a history here. We're an incredibly resilient culture, but we didn't do this to ourselves. And I think that it was, was really a worthwhile project to excavate the history, to give it a deeper context, because that's just not done.
0: Yeah. And what I love about this is how, so you're in southwestern Virginia, I'm in the other corner of the state in northern Virginia, the urban part, and I love the description of the absurdity of urban life.
1: To to a rural kid, yeah. (laughs) To a
0: rural kid, absolutely.
1: We're so accustomed to hearing the opposite. I mean, every one of us here who has urban friends has heard from them, how can you live out there in the middle of nowhere? This place where I live, where we can grow food, where our water comes out of the mountain, (laughs) you know, where we have everything we want, is considered nowhere. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to show... The opposite, a rural kid going to a city for the first time and feeling sort of terrified at how enclosed, uh, how shut off people are one from another. He says, there's no outside anywhere, Uh, because I checked. I just thought it might be interesting for rural and urban readers alike to understand that the middle of nowhere is relative.
0: Of course, Demon Copperhead has this talent of portraying the world. In his case, it's his drawing. Um, And he can process the world he's seeing through his drawing. And I wonder if you also, as a writer, believe in a kind of transformative power of art and expression.
1: Of course. Of course. And, And I think for so many of us who are going through generally hopeless situations, especially as adolescents. The power of art can help us transcend. I mean, for me as a kid, it was reading books and it was writing. That's how I processed my experience. And I think a lot of us, whether it's music or whether it's sports or what, we find that thing that gives meaning to our existence kind of beyond our immediate selves. And for Demon, of course, he starts out kind of secretly doodling in his notebooks and in his school books, and he copies superheroes. And by the way, notices that there aren't any superheroes that are looking out for farm people. They're all in the cities. He kind of resents that. And he ends up actually inventing a superhero who looks after the Appalachian kids. But it was really fun to explore that mode of cartooning and represent that as his way of finding survival through creativity.
0: Finally, I just want to ask you about your process. Writing can be a lonely process. Uh, how do you think about the rewards after you finish a project like this? I mean, is it talking to people like us? Is it meeting directly with your readers?
1: Well, not to be ungracious, but for me, the reward is the writing. I love mm. what I do. I feel like the luckiest person in the world to get up every morning and go to my desk and tell stories. And I feel like it's something so marvelous, and powerful, that I don't take it lightly. So I just want to make them the best stories I can about the most important things in the world. And what could be more fun than that?
0: Amen. Barbara Kingsolver's new novel is Demon Copperhead. Thanks so much for taking the time and congratulations.
1: Thanks for your interest.